Thought Bubble Audio. I'm just a girl who pods. Da, 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 da. Can't be held responsible for the dumb things I say on the mic. Ooh, she's a podcaster. She doesn't know when to shut the f*** up, and she keeps singing stuff, and she doesn't stop. They say pods make you crazy. They say Frank makes you crazy. But you can't call her crazy. You're just calling her a podcaster. Blam! That was not going to make it in the episode. It might. <laughs> Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. This is the show where two geeks geek out with beer. Uh, I'm Frank, and joining me for her second time is my lovely wife, Marissa. They had me back. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you were allowed to come back. It's pretty great. Thank you. I am honored to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Um, we did something fun last night. We did do something fun, yeah. and that has to do with why I'm here today. It does. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, get to our topic in a second. Uh, but but last night we went to Tim's wedding. Yay! Yay! Tim got married. Uh, we're so so happy for him. Uh, for both of them, it, they, it was a beautiful wedding. She showed up. She showed up, which so. was a, a miracle in itself. You know, good good job, buddy. You, yes, you, yeah. nailed it. Yep. It was a lovely wedding. We're so excited for both of them. And now he's going to enjoy some forced time off from the podcast. That's so right. He can go enjoy his new wife. For a man who works too hard, we, we you know he he needed he needed some time off. So glad that he is taking that time off. But uh, Marissa, in the meantime, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got a little bit of a I got an omission lager right here. So pretty excited. Yes, yeah. it's, it's very good for a gluten free beer. I'm very grateful we live in the golden age of gluten free stuff. So. It's a great time for pasta-based vegetable substitutes mm -hmm, and um, mm -hmm. vegetable-based pasta substitutes sure. and uh, gluten-free pizza crust and gluten-free beer. So shout out to Emission. Thank you for making beer that I can drink. Yay. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. I really like it. I, I have had one or two of your six-pack just because they're good. Like, just, just because they're delicious. It's yeah. rude. Save them for me, please. Well, I'll buy you more. <laughs> I'll buy you more. Um, but, yeah, so uh, and I'm I'm uh, drinking a Stockyard Oatmeal Stout, uh, which is a really creamy kind of uh, stout in the Irish tradition, it says here. Uh, and, yeah, it's got some chocolate, some roasted oats, some co all, all the flavors of, of, uh, of all those things, and some coffee. Um, and I really like it very, very much. So way to go, Trader Joe's, on that one. Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm quite impressed. You can house a, st uh, a stout. That I'm, I'm always impressed with your ability to have, like, multiple stouts. Oh, yeah, that's not really a problem. I mean, I don't prefer to have multiple, but, yeah, I can. For me, um, I'll have one or two, but you can really, really go nuts on a stout. Yeah, I do okay. I do okay with a couple stouts. I remember one time you rolled up to a roof party with... And you, you, you stopped at the liquor store. You know, like, oh, you know yeah. what I'm going to get? A six-pack of milk stout. Yeah, like, nitro milk is, stout. 
it is 90 degrees outside. That is a strange, strange choice. Mm. But it's like it's like drinking chocolate milk or something, right? Where it's like it's cold and it's creamy, but it's like still refreshing in, in a way if you're in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. You know? I can respect it. That's kind of where I was coming from. You know, yeah. Next time I'll just buy some Nesquik and go up to the roof and we'll... Oh, get out of here. That's <laughs> disgusting. Adults who drink milk are disturbed. Adults who drink milk like did not wean off their mother properly or something because like it's a big problem. Yeah, Marissa has opinions about adults who drink milk. Um, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We could we just change, throw, throw the script out. We're yeah, doing, we're doing a milk podcast. No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're sticking with this. We're gonna talk about one of our favorite, our our shared favorite TV shows, which is Crazy Ex Girlfriend on the CW. If you haven't watched it, why? Yeah, you missed it. But there's only four seasons, so and they're all on Netflix still for the yeah, time being. So catch well, up. Well, actually, is, is season four on there? I don't uh, know. I think it is, I think everything's on there now, including okay. the series finale concert. Oh, great. Which is just the culmination of all the joy and nerdiness of the show. Yes. Uh, so I feel like we'll probably get into a little bit of spoiler activity. I think that's so a good warning. Yeah. I would like to, I, I would say if you haven't watched it yet, we'll give a little pitch, but then maybe don't listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah, that's a good call. I'm just going to speak freely. Yeah. And if you loved it, you're going to love this episode. That's right. Yeah, so uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We watched it from like midway through season one. We caught on. We got on the train, right? We started watching it in uh, like on DVR. And, yeah, it and was caught up. It and... was quite early. I saw specifically. I remember seeing a friend of mine tweet a video, just a clip of the "I Have Friends" song yes. of the little girl singing it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the crap is this show? Mm-hmm. This is hilarious and weird." And we start, and and someone was like, "It's a it's a musical theater comedy show." And I said, You're oh, like, so what? something that was written specifically for Marissa Emanuel. Right? Okay, excellent. Sounds good. So, yeah, we were on the, we were on the train relatively early. We uh, went to see the live show when it was in Boston. I would say we're, we're moderate super fans of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I would say so, yeah. Going, going to the live show, I think, makes us pretty, pretty devoted fans. Uh, what is it that you enjoy most about it? You're, you're a musical theater nerd to begin with, right? So that, that, mm-hmm. was like for, that went straight for your heart right to begin with. Yes. So the foundation was... The, the show had an interesting evolution over the last couple of years, and it started out as this really lighthearted, quirky show that was very irreverent and poked fun at a lot of different stereotypes and gender stereotypes and societal stere- and, and mental health stuff. And um, it was very funny and, and light, and then it sort of progressed throughout the seasons to become much more of a... Uh, a serious, not not a serious show, but they tackled some really serious stuff. Yeah, with uh, with humor, they attacked they attacked and and tackled some pretty serious issues in a, in a really refreshing way, which right. I think we'll get into a little bit too. But just to start, I was I was, thought it was really funny and entertaining, and and as time went on, I became very attached to these characters and their arcs and how um, they were just handled with such sensitivity and in a way that you don't see often. Yeah, I I, I that's what I, I mean. I I love obviously the first thing we either of us noticed about it was how how fun the musical aspect of it was but um the more we got into it the more that we really appreciated the the social commentary and um the way that they they handled some pretty serious things and and um they're really great at breaking down stigmas that that's mm-hmm. a, a big thing that that they are um very much that it's near and dear to the hearts of uh of Rachel Bloom and the, and the rest of the the crew that creates the show i don't know how much more we can say without getting into spoiler territory yep so let's let's sort it's of say, nice to see you guys. Yeah. But leave. <laughs> this uh. is the spoiler bell. Anything after this point will be spoilery. Um, I like that. Yeah, thanks. I like I. So it's interesting that you bring up uh, what you were just talking about with the different um, social constructs and things like that. And I was I, there's some that I there's some things that I specifically remember you reacting to very strongly, which is interesting. Um, 
one of them being the song uh, Sports Analogies. Oh, yes, Sports Analogies. About how basically these, about how men often default to relating to each other through sports analogies because we don't teach men how to communicate their emotions. Right. So instead, they resort to sports analogies, sports analogies. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's it's so... It's uh, I I forgot we had that conversation. You about spit but yeah. out your drink when you want when that it was came on. great. I felt very heard, very seen uh, with all of that, and I felt like, you know, that that that's a thing that we do, and I, and why why do we do that? And and watching that, watching the you know the video that goes with that song really, really opened my eyes in a way to like, oh right, that's that's why we do that, right? We we use sports analogies to. Um, because we don't want because men don't want to talk about our feelings and because we don't want to I, I I don't know like I I feel like it's a a way of masking uh, all kinds of you know thoughts and and um, uh, weaknesses that that we're not supposed to acknowledge or not supposed to have um, for 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 what reason because like society says so like it's right. dumb reason. It seems like this is a cause that's near and dear to her heart because there's a lot of examples of that. The other one I, that always comes to mind is uh, fit hot guys have problems too. Yeah. Uh, and and this idea that that just because we're good looking doesn't mean we don't have feelings. And she right. sort of pokes fun in this very meta way about how men are portrayed on screen. And then that's how that impacts how men grow up uh, mm-hmm. thinking about feelings because of how they've been represented. Uh, so I like that one too. That one I'm a big fan of. That's another really good one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and like I, I think the um, uh, I, I I really enjoyed that live. Actually, they did it. They did it at the live show that was part of the finale. Yes. Um, and I'm glad that that show that song made it to the um, made it to to like the the live show treatment. That you know only sort of the 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 fan faves. Yeah, the fan faves got that treatment, and so it was great to see that happen. Um, what are what are some of your like all-time favorites though like what are ones that are really really near and dear to your heart particular songs they've done so i guess we should probably mention like rachel bloom is the creator of the show um she she works with alien brush mckenna they're they're the co-creators of the show rachel bloom is already doing a youtube channel rachel does stuff which is hilarious and and amazing if you haven't seen she had a few videos go viral a few years ago um before she started doing the show and uh, and so she's when we say she, <laughs> that's who we're talking about. Yes, it's, she is the brains and the beauty behind yes. the operation. Yes, uh, she is. But but she works really closely, like you said, with Aline Brosh McKenna. And, right. And in fact, Aline Brosh McKenna is the one who actually brought the concept to Rachel Bloom, who then right. sort of brought it to to life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of those early videos, uh, I believe her YouTube is Rachel Does Stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, some very funny j- gems in there. Uh, highly recommend Me Ray Bradbury. Um, and then the other one is pictures of your dick on the internet. Um, both, both really good. Um, Frank's going to have to bleep out half of this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, but I I didn't write it. Uh, so those are really good. I would highly recommend checking those out. Those are just sort of independent standalone viral video type musical theater stuff. I would say, what are some of the best, the best songs? It's so hard, right? Um, I would say, uh, I want to say uh, I Steal Pets is also really worth watching oh, uh, from the Rachel yes. Boom early stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is okay. I was trying to remember the name of it. Let's generalize about men is one of my okay. favorite from the early season. So we're talking about men and their feelings and stuff. They also are not shy to take a dump on what mm-hmm. stupid d- things women do. And 
the the uh, let's generalize them out men is very a very funny look at sort of this like girl power mentality and we're like oh men are trash and and uh, and that one is is very funny uh, while also being a very catchy bop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I enjoyed that one. I really like they did. Uh, I think it was in season two, uh, a Marilyn Monroe sort of parody where they did um, the math of love triangles. Mm-hmm. And then they brought it back in the finals in one of the last yes. two episodes. And it was a really beautiful look at sort of how the character had grown so much and how things were maybe uh, she didn't take things as seriously in the early days. And then these these things these themes became much more serious um and then that was actually one of my favorite lines from the show if you watch this episode you'll know what i'm talking about it they just end the reprise of this song with all three of the guys she's involved with saying jokes on you bitch you'll never be free yeah. and i just like died <laughs> laughing and it still makes me laugh when i hear it, it comes up on my spotify like man, that's funny. It's yeah, dark. It's dark, but it's, it's funny. It's so funny. This show does go dark. Like it's 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 funny. She's hilarious. Like the writing on the show is hilarious uh, and and clever and and really heartwarming and touching at at times. Um, but but it does go dark for you know we're 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 kind of rewatching uh, picking we're in, a, in, we're in a dark place right now. Yeah, we're in like season three, early season mm-hmm. three, and it got it got real dark there. It gets really dark. I would say it got exceptionally dark for like a couple of episodes while they were sort of narratively trying to work through some of the mental health journey that she was going through. So I think it's important to say from the beginning, there was always hints that she had some major depressive stuff. She has some, some, some concerning behavior. Uh, And then as time went on, it became more and more clear that this was something likely more significant. Right. And what I will say is, as somebody who also suffers with anxiety and depression, she, uh, the, this character has was eventually diagnosed with uh, BPD, and the way they handled it, I felt, uh, was very mature and mm. responsible. Mm-hmm. So they treated that character with respect, and they treated the issues with complexity, and uh, and but but with humor in a way that was sort of not laughing at but yeah. laughing with in a sort of dark twisted way but i i will always respect how they handled that reveal and how they handled sort of her journey uh right now what we're watching is sort of just before that happens and so this is it's it's definitely gets dark but it's like when she's about to hit rock bottom before she has her diagnosis exactly and and um yeah i i like the way that's handled and i feel like that, that it got a it was like critically uh acclaimed by by people who who know more about bpd and know more about mental health issues right like the way yeah. she talks about it and even the way she jokes about it um is done in, in a healthy way in a way that you can you know poke fun a person can poke fun at, at his or herself uh mm-hmm. but not making sweeping generalizations about everybody with a certain condition or anything like that like not in a, in a mean kicking down kind mm-hmm. of way and they did a really good job to almost humanize that's such a hard bpd spe- specifically is such a sort of scary diagnosis and there isn't a lot people know about it and so i thought it was it was especially important that they handled it with with responsibility to communicate what that looks like and to show an example of a person living a healthy full happy life after being diagnosed with some really sort of scary scary stuff so um i always have a lot of respect for for how they handled that while also managing to still be a really freaking funny show it's a really they funny crank show. out one or two songs sometimes more every single episode that's a lot of songs to write. Like yeah. 
how. It's a lot of I, songs, and they're all like big produced musical numbers. Yes, and I remember thinking back when, okay, this is embarrassing, but back when I was a Glee fan back in the day, um, obviously, if I like, th- this is the this is the natural evolution, right? You grow up and then watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But I remember watching Glee and always thinking, that's amazing how they're learning all this choreography and doing new costumes and every week. But they weren't even writing the songs. Right. Those were, those those were, were songs covers. that were already written. So the fact that these guys for every single week had like two or three new songs that were written musically produced and then like full stage production quality uh it's just something that you don't see on tv and then also managing to keep that heart and yeah characters that have complexity and depth and um to do all of those things at at once is just miraculous it's amazing it's amazing what they do it's amazing that they were able to do that for for four four solid seasons on on the CW, who's not known for you know big budget television, no. um, to be able to pull that off and and you know do all of those those numbers every week, um, writing new songs, choreographing everything like you said on the CW mm-hmm. especially like is really really impressive. Yeah, you're a big CW fanboy too, right? I like am. I mean, I watch a lot of CW yeah. shows. I mean, I, I have for you know ten plus years. Um, but but you know there it's no secret that they're they're. A, they have a lower budget to work with, um, and it's impressive what what this show and what a lot of the shows that I, I watch are able to do on, on that budget. You know, a show like Supergirl that has a great effect budget, um, they're able to do a lot with 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 relatively little compared to others. So, I also one of the things I'll always appreciate about the show is how they managed. They were able to have exactly the length of time that they wanted to tell the story, which is so rare that you're sort yeah. of given that gift, right? Or you don't stretch it too long, right? Yes. So this was, she has said she always wanted four seasons. And when you see the ending, it's clear why, right? She evolved to the natural end of the story. They left it with, they left it up in the air just enough that, not, I mean, so so if, if you've made it this far, you've watched the show, I'll be specific. But, you know, at the very, the last episode, the big question is, is she going to pick Josh or Greg? Uh, or Nathaniel and everybody sort of had their opinions, but none of that felt healthy, right? Like that felt like a a crappy payoff. the The payoff of this all this this grand journey and this evolution of self shouldn't be like. And then which boy did she end up with? Yeah. And I and that was going into the last episode. I was like, they're going this way. They're going so hard on this. How are they going to end this in a way that's satisfying? Because no matter who she p- picks or ends up with, it's going to feel just trite and cheap. Um. And the way that they sort of circumvented that, uh, I thought was really good. They sort of left the door open with Greg a little bit. So I was I was probably more team Greg than anything, if I had to think back on it. But the way they left it open a little bit, but it wasn't about that at all. It was really yeah. about sort of her and her evolution. Yeah, I, I th- that was kind of the only way to go that would be satisfying, right? Because if it had been, if she had picked one of the guys, um, it, it all those relationships all of those relationships were toxic to some extent totally. and it would be hard to sort of justify any of them really. Who would you have picked if you had to pick one? I kind of, I mean, I kind of was team Greg early on, yeah. you know, so, so I, I was, I probably would lean that way, but again, I was, toxic. I, I was team Greg too, but I also like really respected Nathaniel's growth. Um, and he was super hot. So I, yeah, would, I you know, not, no, no, no disrespect to Skylar Aston, but that was weird. What did you think about his the the return of the Greg character in season four? Yeah, they recast him. Um, I I so I, I like Skylar Aston a lot, right? Um, so so big that pitch perfect guys big, over here. Big pick pitch perfect. That's hard family. to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, big pitch perfect family over big here. 
big pic- picture perfect day. <laughs> We've only had I've had two sips of beer. <laughs> uh, but I, the, the the recasting definitely distracted me, no doubt. Um, and that's nothing against Kyle Larson. It's just recasting a character that you know we watched for what two seasons yeah. before he left. Um, he was so good. Yeah, he like, was really good. He was so great, and I was I was it was it was a hard pill to swallow, even liking him so much. Right. I almost. I, I guess I understand why they did bring him back for, and it made sense narratively, but I was also sort of like, maybe you just could have just left him. Yeah. Just... I kind of, I kind of feel like you could have just left well enough alone, yeah. but I guess she felt like she needed to have, like if she had it plotted out what she wanted yeah. to happen, they probably already shelved Greg when she didn't want to. Yeah. Like, because, um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name right now. Santino Fontina. Thank you. Um, Fontina? Am I making that up? That might just be a cheese. <laughs> no, Santino Fontana. You're right. Fontana. You're one syllable. So <laughs> I'm thinking about the cheese. It's um, fine. It's fine. You're always thinking about cheese. There was a really good cheese at Tim's wedding last That's night. That's true. I ate like seven blocks of it. So A plus for the cheese, Tim. Whenever you're listening good, to this, good choice Thanks on cheese. cheese. Good cheese choice. Um, yeah, but when uh, when Santino left. That was, you know, he had another, like he had another show or something, and that's why I he think left. he was on Broadway. He was going to on do a Broadway. show on Broadway, okay. yeah, because he's a theater guy, yeah. you know. Yeah, he was at the Tony's. As they all are, he's but Tony's to speak. Yeah, he's in yeah. something right yeah, now. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like that was probably not part of her plan to begin with. So when when she couldn't get him back, she was like, I need, I to tell the story I want yeah. to tell, I need the three, which I respect. I, I respect that. that. I do. Um, I have one more important question for you. What yep. was your favorite theme song? Oh, my favorite theme song is season two. Is it? Season I didn't two. know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, mean, I did. The first one is fun, uh, and, and especially that that scene where Paula and her husband do the whole season <laughs> one theme song in, in, in dialogue. Um, that's so great. I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to remember how it goes. Hold on. How does it start? I was... She was working hard at a New York job making dough, but, but it, it made, made her, her blue. blue. <laughs> one day I was cry- she was crying a lot. I was Okay. I was yeah, like, yeah. all right. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. It, dragged, it was funny. It dragged on because they bit, didn't but. actually play the theme song at the beginning of that episode. So then after after he goes like after they go through the whole the yeah. whole song, they actually did the tag. The boom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, was, it's and it's, it was so classic. That one was such a good like narrative. Yeah, I love exactly. it. It's, it's it's sort of like I always think of um the nanny being the, the oh yes the the. the, the like top version of this. Yes. It's uh they summarize the summarizing the, the whole the premise, narrative in such right? a fun little kitsch yeah. way. Right. Okay, and then season two. Season two is my favorite. Season okay. two is my favorite one. Give us a little um, ditty real quick. Uh, I'm just a girl in love. Do, 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 do. You know. Yes. Um can't be held responsible for my action. I actually vividly remember the first time we watched one of those episodes. And you screamed when they did the reveal yeah. at the end where her head um, pops through and goes, me in love. Bam! Yeah, I literally Frank just like I fell lost off my, of the chair. I lost it. I absolutely lost it. I that's one where I, I pretty much spit out my beer. Like that was so funny. Uh and and pretty much the rest of that season, every time it happened, I was like, it's about to happen, it's coming, it's coming. Ah, oh, there it is, it's so funny. Yeah, you got, got very me, excited got every, every time. time. And then when Trevor did his version of it, oh my god. Oh my gosh. That was great. Um and then and then season three is it wasn't really my cup of tea for the, the intro. Crazies when I go off the rails. Yeah, that, yeah. that was fine. But season four was good. Yeah. Rebecca. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that one's that has become a staple in our household. Yes. Meet yeah. Marissa. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, all the theme songs are good, but two is two is my favorite. Um, two and four. Can we talk about Trent for a second? Yes. Did I say Trevor? I said tr- I meant Trent. Trevor. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Um. So, I found that. Very interesting. I liked how they brought him back later. I think it was the fourth season. 
Um, yes. and, or when they were doing the actual mimicking of like, he was exhibiting her behaviors. And that was, I thought a really interesting commentary on yes. how men and women are portrayed in television too, because he's doing it and he's like a psychopath, but she's doing it. And they're and like, quirky well, and cute. Troubled. Yeah. 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 She yeah. has problems and he does it. And we're like, wow, that guy's a psychopath. Right. So, I just I thought that was I feel like everything is so intentional with the way she writes and the way that writer's room thinks about things is every plot point has a very specific reason and is loaded either for the sake of humor or for the sake of making a point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And 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 both are done really well either way, whether it's done for for hum for just humor or for the sake of making a point. Yeah. And it's and even when they be, it's sometimes they I was, I was about to say they don't beat you over the head with it, but they do. But it's like they know they're doing it and they they're doing it kind of in a wink, nudge, nudge way when they're, you know, the the, let's generalize about men, those types of things. It's very it's very obvious what the the point is there, but it's done in a very funny way. It's so good. That one in particular is is very, very good. Um, A a few other songs that that we we like and that that I like, I'm going to throw a couple out here, but but you should throw some uh, as well. Uh, but Sexy Getting Ready song oh, is great, yes. right? That's a fun one. And I remember her saying, I read an interview with her or watched it where she was saying she was actually kind of surprised that one didn't go independently viral. And I think some of these songs, the way they were created were sort of with YouTube in mind because knowing she comes from a YouTube background, mm-hmm. she does think in that way. And that one was actually a very good sort of capsule song. And I actually, I think that was, I got one of my friends into the show because I sent her a link to that YouTube video and I, she was like getting ready for a date and I sent her the link to sexy getting ready song. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm like dying. That's so funny. And so then she actually started watching it. So, you know, that's a really good entree into the show. If you're trying to get somebody into it, there you go. That, that was a good starting point. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love that. Um, I, uh, I mean, early, a, a lot of the, um, stuff in the, in the early couple seasons, um, the, the one, uh, the, the, Oh, the, the drip 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 of justice the one that's like oh the yeah the lame is the lame is parody yeah i also love i have friends right that's one that i i loved from from the very beginning yeah that one got us in that was our uh i would say that's the first one that we were really like okay this is re- yeah it really it kind of was yeah um uh, i i so like the, I, I like some of those from the first couple of seasons the next cut co- the last couple of seasons have some that's where it starts to get more of like the social commentary uh, mm-hmm. and and really throughout you mentioned the the ones that are sort of standalone and that make good videos almost all of them do just, mm-hmm. i mean some of them are more um entwined into the narrative of, of a particular episode more mm-hmm. than others but generally you can watch almost any of them and most of them are up there on her youtube channel rachel does stuff and and you can watch you know just about any of them and, and they kind of make sense in it it's in a true capsule. i never really thought most about of that them way. Do. not yeah. all of them but um, because because even when it's something that something like sexy getting ready, ready getting ready song is is yes it's tied to the narrative it makes it it's part of the story of that episode but it's something that like people can relate to mm-hmm. you know uh, f ton of cats is another mm-hmm. people can you know it's it's funny and and whether you're a cat owner or not like it's kind of yeah. funny and it, it deals with some funny stereotypes and uh, that kind of thing I would say um, heavy boobs is another iconic mm-hmm. anthem. Um, that one really, that one really st- has staying power sure, for me in sure. my life. Um, but I also like there was a, there's a lot of nods to different genres or or almost some really specific cinematic moments like mm-hmm. uh, like settle for me with the original Greg in season one was just such an iconic like Fred and Ginger yeah. wink nudge and it was so beautifully done and I think that was a really good example of 
not just singing the songs, but also visually, cinematographically, (laughs) uh, just costumes, dancing, being a clear nod to something else. Yeah, yeah, and and like in a in a in a really nice nicely done way. It's it's the I'll do a lot of cinema, a lot of cinema references, a lot of of Broadway like show tune references. Um, sometimes visually, sometimes just in the song, sometimes both. Um, but the, I, I, I love the way that they always do that. Um, you ruined everything, you stupid mm-hmm. bee. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also such an iconic like Broadway ballad, and once in a while they actually pull something out like that that's just truly pure and and like beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's that like- was really good. Anything Donna Donna Lynn Chaplin mm-hmm. is she's just such an icon, and I'm so glad she had this role as a vehicle to get to see how funny she is, as well as being just the most vocally like this powerhouse. Uh, she is definitely one of. She was a the character I just really did not sit well with me eighty percent of the time, but I loved her performance. Did you have any characters, like some of the smaller characters that are just, it's such an interesting ensemble. Who do you love? I mean, I love Heather, right? I love Heather a lot. Uh, and I, we, I love her growth from this, like, uh, kind of irresponsible, um, like, perpetual student uh, into, like, somebody who goes into, like, being a manager at, at uh, I mean, she becomes a waitress and then a manager. And, you know, by the end, she's a mom, she's with Hector, and, like, they have this great life together um, that's, like, a very, a very, like, normal person life. And she, she, she really grew up a lot in the course of the, in the course of the show, and I, I really like that. Yeah, I thought they did, they did right by her character. Yeah. And the same with Valencia, too. We were talking about this today, how Valencia started almost as this two-dimensional prop that was basically just the generic hot mean girl uh, and they very quickly started to round her out into being a fully fleshed out human who ended up having, I mean, talk about a twist, like she ends up with a woman in the long term. And, and that was a really cool reveal. And um, I thought they, you know, the fact she became so successful in her own right uh, and, and sort of rose above the way we had originally cast her, which yeah. I don't know. I felt like they, they treated all these characters with such care. You could really tell that they, uh, they had put in put in the time and effort to make sure that they gave everyone the ending that they deserved. Yeah, and and I really like the way that the like the the girls' friend group came together, right? Mm. With with Paula and Valencia and Heather uh, and Rebecca, I, I really like the way that, that that group came together. And by the end of the show, what a great dynamic they all had, and how they were so tight uh, and there for each other. So one of the things that makes this show so special is that. It's not, they're tackling such a wide variety of issues while being funny, while doing amazing, amazing musical numbers. I don't know how they multitask this much, but I love how they dove into the, the awkward trickiness of female friendships and how we often see female friendships as very two-dimensional on screen. And I felt like it was a very intentional move to show the complexities and the dramas sometimes of how these things aren't super uh, linear. Mm. They're not always just, and then you meet, and then you're best friends forever, and then you have a big fight over a boy, and then you stop being friends. Like, all of each of those relationships has a ton of complexities within it with Rebecca, but as also with, you know, Paula coming into this group, and how does Valencia relate with these people? And there's so many good episodes that focus, while the, you know, the larger narrative of the show did tend to be about men, there was a lot of specific episodes that that wasn't the point at all. Um, I'll always love the episode 
where she and where uh, Rebecca and Valencia went to what was essentially Burning Man together. Oh, right. uh, And just like got super high on peyote or whatever it was in a tent and just bonded and peed on Josh's stuff. Like I thought those those sort of moments of showing how how relationships can be really complex and friendships can be really complex. But um, but there are stories that are worth telling beyond just sort of the generic narratives that we normally get. And they do it in a funny way, right? It's like, super funny. There's always a, there's always a punchline. It's always a little bit, um, it's always irreverent and it's always, it's always, there's always some humor to it no, no matter what. And it's, that's, it's, it's one of the, it was one of the funniest shows when it was on, uh, but also like really real, um, and really heartwarming and touching and, it was it, just it was just was like the total package. It just hit me on all these different points. I felt like I was watching something that was helping expand my mindset. It was funny as heck. The musicals were ama- the musical numbers were amazing. It was intelligent. It had something to say. Um and it just it was really special. So I you know you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I'm my dream now is for Rachel Bloom to be able to write a Broadway musical for herself as a vehicle for her to star in um because that would be amazing i bet it happens one day fingers crossed yeah i hope so i'll pretty i'll pay to produce it yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the first kickstarter contributor all right there you go yeah, yeah. the GoFundMe starts here yes all right cool well uh, why don't you tell people about your shows and where they can follow you online yeah so uh we are also on the thought bubble network i host and produce called a podcast called loud women uh we are a podcast that focuses on shrill the hulu series starring ad bryant written by lindy west uh, if you have watched that show, uh, you will probably love our podcast. We talk all about the themes involving body image and all sorts of, and just being a woman and all sorts of fun stuff. I host that with my friend, Tookie Kavanaugh, who is a very funny comedian from Boston. Uh, I am also sharing all of my loud opinions, uh, on Twitter at hi, this is Marissa, uh, on, on Twitter and on Instagram. So give me a little follow if you want to. Yeah, do that. Do that thing. Uh, you can find this show also at the Thought Bubble Audio Network at thoughtbubbleaudio.com, but you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com, uh, at beerwithgeeks on Twitter, uh, beerwithgeeks at gmail.com if you want to send us uh, some feedback. Uh, you can find me at Frank Ramblings, Tim at TimothyPG13, uh, if you want to congratulate him on the uh, on the nuptials, uh, or, uh, or any other feedback you want to send us. Thank you all for listening so much we love you guys very much uh please uh, make sure to support us on patreon patreon.com slash thought bubble audio if you want to kick us a couple bucks and keep the lights on uh, we appreciate your support in all its forms itunes reviews whatever it is we, we love it all uh, but thank you so much for listening thanks marissa for for joining and for talking crazy ex-girlfriend thanks for having me i'll be uh i'll be back next time tim is busy okay sounds good <laughs> that sounds like a deal uh but un- until next time cheers, cheers.